Hi, everybody. I'm David Freck. I'm the lead pastor at Church of the Harvest in the Kansas City area. And I'm excited about the opportunity to come to you and to share with you a couple things that I feel God's put on my heart that I want to kind of just relate to you. So I don't know what it's been like for you uh, in this season that we've all been in. And I'm sure I'm not the first person that said this, uh, even in this conference that you're watching. But I believe that God is creating an environment for us to experience him in ways we've never dreamed or imagined. And I want to challenge you that this is a season not to step back and not to even think in survival terms. I want you to think about this as a season to extend yourself in faith, to see God in a way you could have never dreamed or imagined he could come to you. And I want to remind you of what it says in Isaiah chapter 43. Many of you know it by heart. But now thus says the Lord God, he who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame consume you. This is a clear declaration that, of something that we all know, which is we're not going to avoid the storms of life. We are not going to avoid difficulties and adversities. He says, listen, when you go through, he didn't say if you go through, he said when, when you go through the floods, when you go through the storms, when you go through the fire. And, and there's no way to, for us to understand this outside of we can expect these events to happen. In fact, Peter even told those he was writing to, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials which have come to test you. This is nothing unusual. But the other promise that's indicated here is very clear. The promise is when you go through. In other words, you're not gonna get stuck here. God's design is not for you to be destroyed in this environment that's destroying everything else. God's design is to bring you through and bring you through to bring you to. And that's the thing I want you to get fully inside your spirit. You've been invited to a storm. We've all been invited to a storm. We didn't, we didn't want it. We tried to avoid it, but here we are. And we're all dealing with it in various contexts within our churches, within our communities, no matter where you are, we're relating to this all in different ways. With the social climate, with the political climate that exists now, there is tension and temperaments everywhere. It's all over the board. It's hard to know who to trust, what to trust. The voice of the church has got to be clear. It's got to be succinct. And leaders, it's time to understand that we have got to lead the way in our storm. So I want to give you what I'm going to call the master's guide to storm walking. The storm master's guide to storm walking. And, and this is something that we all have to understand and we all have to experience. First of all, I want to remind you, if you go to Matthew chapter 14, it's a story we're familiar with. Jesus has sent his disciples across after feeding the 5,000, not counting all the other people, 5,000 men. He tells his disciples, get into the boat, go to the other side while he sent the crowds away. While they get in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, a storm comes up. The consequence is they take hours, over eight hours fighting this storm. And then on the fourth watch of the night, very early in the morning, while it's still dark, the sun hasn't broken yet, they're exhausted from a full day of service, from a full day of ministry, plus a full day of fighting, a full evening and night fighting a storm. These are experienced men that understand how to survive these things, but they're even, even at the place where they're losing heart. <clears throat> it's in that moment that Jesus comes walking to them on the sea. And I want to challenge you that you can trust God's timing, that he's never, ever, ever, ever early, but he's also never late. And you know this. 
And, and when you can trust God's timing, you need to know that there, the moment you are in is your season. No matter what you're experiencing, God is getting ready to reveal something to you. There's God's purpose in this time that God is going to resource you and you are going to discover God's resources in ways you wouldn't have discovered when there was no pressure, when there was no adversity, when there was no difficulty. They're going to find out that Jesus could do something that they didn't know was possible. And they're going to find out they could do something, certainly Peter, that he could never have done or even thought or dreamed was possible before this moment. It's in these times that we discover God's resourcing, obtain mercy and find grace. Here's the other thing that happens in the middle of our storms, and this is the thing I want you to watch out for. We all need to discern what Jesus is doing and where Jesus is going in our storm. His expectation was for them to get to the other side. The Bible says, even in Mark, that he was going to pass them by. (laughs) In other words, he had the expectation, you're still going to make it. You need to have confidence in the journey I've placed you on. But instead, when they see Jesus, what is their response? They cried out for fear, thinking it was a spirit or a ghost. Here's one of the things that I believe is absolutely necessary. If we're in a storm, this is the time our faith needs to begin to anticipate the unexpected. When we started this journey in COVID, and and we were challenged with resources, we were challenged with people, we were challenged with what are we going to do, how are we going to do it? God really challenged us to say, I don't want you to worry about surviving, rallying. You need to plan, you need to be appropriate, you need to walk wisely. But what God told us to do was it's time to open up a, a, a learning center because we have challenges within the school system. They don't know what they're doing. And as a result, there's a lot of families that are struggling with, do I put them in school? Do I keep them at home? I can't keep them at home. I've got a job. And they're struggling with all this. So the Lord told us to respond to it by offering a a learning center for their children, for families, up to 100 kids, offer it free as a free service to the community. It wasn't just limited to our church. And over half of the the kids that are involved in our learning center, our remote learning center, are not from our church. And guess what? God's using it to draw people to our church. But greater than that, it's creating a testimony in our community that, wait a second, the church isn't just about circling the wagons and surviving and asking for money. We haven't asked them for a dime. We're serving them. We're reaching out to them. We're finding an opportunity to be generous and anticipate doing unexpected things and the unexpected realization of who God is. Here's the other thing I want to challenge you with. In the middle of your storm, discerning Jesus, you need to not let distress distort your vision. You cannot let distress distort how you see what God is doing. And that's what happened with them. This is Jesus. He, they've lived with him for a couple years at this point. They've experienced supernatural miracles of raising of the dead, feeding 5,000 just a few hours ago. But when Jesus comes walking on the water because the environment was unfamiliar and because their mind couldn't conceive it, they couldn't believe that this could be Jesus. And that's one of our challenges. And the reason why that was is they were exhausted. They had been fighting a storm that was trying to destroy them. And so they couldn't even discern when Jesus revealed himself because distress distorts. I want to ask you a question, pastors. How many of you have let distress distort your vision of what Jesus is asking you to do in this season? Then think about this. When they cried out for fear, Jesus began to counsel them. So I want to encourage you to listen, not to the noise of the storm, not to the gales and the pounding of the waves and the screams of the people around you. I want you to listen for what Jesus is saying. Here's what he's saying. Don't be afraid. It's me. Be of good cheer. 
I want you to hear that Jesus wants to encourage your spirit. He wants to produce peace in you. He wants to reveal himself to you. Don't be afraid. It's me. It's me. I'm in the middle of this storm. And don't be afraid. He removes fear. And he encourages faith. That was the final lesson, the final words of Jesus. Why? You can always, listen, if you can't quite figure out what you're seeing, you can always discern it's God by what you're hearing. You can always discern God by what he's saying to you. Because ultimately, the goal was when Peter saw it, something sparked in his heart. There's no suggestion in Scripture that Jesus encouraged Peter before Peter asked to walk on the water. He was just giving an example of what was possible. And Peter's faith, once he believed that was Christ, and he believed what he was hearing was Christ, he became convinced that there was the possibility he could do what Jesus was doing. So Lord, if that's you, bid me come to you on the water. And what did Jesus do? He does what he always does. He encourages faith. I want to challenge you. The crazy thing that you're thinking about right now might be the very thing that God's asking you to do. And what you're going to hear, you might hear, you might hear, you know, remember, he was in the boat with 11 other guys. One of them's name was Judas. Another one's name was Thomas. Betrayal and doubt were sitting there. And when Peter flings his leg over at the voice of Jesus saying, come, I'm sure they grabbed him and said, man, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Of course the enemy, remember, they all believed it was the enemy. They all believed it was a spirit. Of course the enemy wants you to get out of the boat. He wants to kill you. You're having hallucinations, man. What do you think you're doing? And I want to encourage you, maybe you might feel that with your board. Maybe you might feel that as it relates to your, what your bank account's saying to you or, 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 or maybe the attendance that's happening online or in your, in your services. But I want to challenge you that what God, God is challenging many of us to get out of the boat because storms are for faith, not for survival. Miracles are the result of stepping out of sinking situations. The storm walk, you must, to storm walk, you must confront the personal fear of failure. You must confront doubt. You must confront betrayal. You must confront the things that want to keep you in your sinking situations. And remember this, once you get out of the boat, success is determined by focus. You got to stay focused on the thing that called you out of the boat. Don't get focused on the things that are around you. And remember that Jesus never discourages your faith. Why? Because failure is possible, but salvation is absolute. Even if, even if I trip, even if I stumble, even if I don't make it, guess what? I can cry out and I know he's going to hold me. I know he's going to pull me out. You and I need to realize that the whole lesson here is simply this. Jesus doesn't want to teach us how to walk on water. He wants to teach us how to walk on top of our storms. We've got a storm, and I encourage you to walk on it with the grace that God provides. Let's do it together, and let's be the example in the earth that God's calling us to be.